Good morning. I'm doing the reading from Ephesians 1. <clears throat> this letter from, is from Paul and chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm writing to God's holy people in Ephesians who are faithful followers of Jesus Christ. May God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ give you the grace and peace. All praises to God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who, <clears throat> who blessed us with a very spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms and because we are united with Jesus even before he made the world. Lord, lift us up and chose us in, his, in Christ to be holy and without fault. In his eyes, God decided <clears throat> in advance to adapt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him the greatest pleasure. So, we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out onto us, who belong to his dear son. He is rich in kindness and grace, that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son. Forgive us our sins. He showered his kindness on us along with his, all the wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us his mysterious plan regarding Christ, a plan to fulfill his own good pleasure. This is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from the God. And for the chosen one in advance, he, has, he makes everything work and according to his plan. God's purchase was that we, oh, sorry, God's purpose was that we Jews are, were the first to trust in Christ and would be and bring praises and glory to God. Now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. When you believe in Christ, he is identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit of God is guaranteed that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to his own people. He did this so that we would praise and glorify him. Shall we pray? Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you for the purchase that you have purchased us to, to you and to be part of your loving family. Thank you for your grace and kindness. And I thank you that we can come and praise and glory and give you all the glory that you are, that you so deserve. Thank you for your plan, Lord Jesus, for our lives. In your righteous and holy name, amen. Brilliant. It's great to have different people come up and read the word. And if you haven't noticed, I'm kind of looking for 
people with different accents. I love different accents. So Dragos, we had a bit of Romanian. Colleen, anyone, anyone know Colleen? Actually, it's Newport, Newport. So, uh, yeah. But no, so it's great. So um, it's just great to hear the, the word of God and also the diversity of his, his church here in Cardiff. I just want to start by asking a, a question for you to think of. Uh, are you blessed? So think of the word. Are you blessed? Or maybe think, like, how blessed are you? How blessed are you? Because I think what we tend to do is we automatically think of our world, and we and currently there's about seven billion people on this world on this earth, and so when I think of the word blessed, I think we automatically think of health, wealth, and happiness, don't we? That's what we kind of do. We think of those things, and then we kind of compare ourselves with the other seven billion people on the world. So am I healthier? Am I wealthier? Am I happier? And can we, we ultimately do this comparison? So we can sometimes think to be blessed is, or to be more blessed than someone else. So someone who is mortgage-free is more blessed than someone who is renting. Maybe we think that. Or, or someone who is married with kids is more blessed than someone who's single and living by themselves. Or someone who is healthy and can do the Iron Man is more blessed than someone who's in a wheelchair and can't walk. That's sometimes what we think of. We think of, we think of like the temporary world that we live in and we compare ourselves with others. And that's how we can sometimes think, oh, I'm blessed because of this, or I'm more blessed than that person. But then 2,000 years ago, Jesus who is God, God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So Jesus, who is God, who created the world, so this is the world that we know of currently in 2023. If I can say Jesus, who is the creator of the world, stepped into the world, stepped into time. So even before creation, God who is outside of time, God stepped into time into his creation and literally was born in Israel, not far from Turkey and Syria, which we've been, which we've been praying for today. The God of the universe stepped into the creation and was born into a time. And then Jesus, in one of his most famous sermons, the Sermon of the Mount, he talked about this word blessed. All right, and so who is blessed? What does blessed mean? And where we often think of the temporary, Jesus brought in the eternal view because he's God and so he's outside of time and he stepped in and he changed this idea, this understanding of what it means to be blessed. Um, and he said, he said this, so in Matthew 5 he said, blessed are the poor in spirit. So the poor of spirit in the temporary. He said, blessed are the poor of spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So he mixed the temporary with the eternal. He also said, blessed are the poor in heart, for they will see God, the temporary and the eternal. And he said, blessed, check this one out, blessed are those who are persecuted. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. The, the temporary persecution. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness because of righteousness. 
for theirs is God's kingdom. And so Jesus shows us what it means to be blessed by mixing this temporary and eternal. And today we're in Ephesians 1, and so instead of the temporary blessing with mortgage and rent, which we sometimes think, and even more than what Jesus did with the temporary and the eternal, Ephesians 1 is talking about God's eternal perspective. So if I can say this, I'm going to go off the mic for a sec. Almost before creation, and also now, after the new heavens and earth. Because that's what we're going to look at in Ephesians chapter 1 today, is God's viewpoint of those who are in Christ, who trust Christ, who live by faith in this one true God. Ephesians 1 is going to give us a perspective of of God's view on those who are in Christ, not just in the temporary or before it, he's going to almost show us what it's like, what it always has been. Where it all, which is, is, is pretty hard, I, I, I confess, I find that hard. But he's going to show us what it always has been because he is outside of time. God is outside of time. He is outside of his creation. And so God is going to show us in Ephesians 1, for those who are in Christ, what that means like. And so if you think that if you're in Christ today and you think, I'm not blessed, like Ephesians 1 is going to blow your socks off like because he's going to show you who you are in Christ from an eternal perspective. And so here we go in Ephesians chapter 1. Um, I'm going to read this through and just share some comments. So if you have your Bibles, then it's great. As we, as we go through, it's great to have our Bibles with us because often the spirit prompts words says something to us really personalizes it with us and so ephesians 1 it goes like this it says paul an apostle of christ jesus by the will of god to god's holy people in ephesus the faithful in christ jesus grace and peace to you from god our father and the lord jesus christ just to say paul is is right in this uh, from a prison in Rome, in Italy. Anyone been to Rome? Yeah, a few people. And he's writing this to churches in Ephesus, modern-day Turkey. So that's what he's doing. So this is a letter from Italy to Turkey. Uh, and as we read through the Bible, uh, we're doing this, this daily bread. We're going through a lot of these short letters. It almost like felt like God spoke to me, maybe for one or two people here today. Just a really quick point. Paul wrote most of these letters whilst he was in prison, like literally handcuffed to another jailer. And I just felt the word for someone, you may be in a difficult or limiting position right now, yet God may produce his best work out to you. You may be in a difficult or limiting position right now, yet God may produce his best work in you. Like, if Paul wasn't in prison... <laughs> Maybe the New Testament's even shorter. Like, because he, 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 he's a goer, wasn't he? He was a doer. He, was a, he almost was put in prison just to pen these words and listen to God, the stillness, the quietness, to be inspired to write what we have today. And verse 3, it says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And if you question if you're blessed today, listen to this. Who has blessed us in the heavenly, heavenly realms. He's blessed us in the heavenly realms 
with, look at this, every spiritual blessing in Christ. Every spiritual blessing in Christ. Like, really? Like, every, every spiritual blessing in Christ? So if you are born again, if you have the Spirit of God live in you, this seal which we're going to talk about, like, here we go. Check this out, okay? You might think you're not very blessed. Check out God's eternal perspective on this. He says this in verse 4. He chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Like he said, he, to be holy and blameless in his sight. He's saying God's eternal perspective right now for us who are in Christ is we are holy and blameless. Like, what? Like, no, like, I'm a sinner. Like, and I sin. And I still do. I'm a sinner and I sin. But am I in Christ? Am I in Christ? Yes, I am in Christ. Well, I'm looking at the temporary. God is looking at the, the eternal. Because if God is outside of time and you are in Christ, then you can be seen by him as holy and blameless even before he created the world. Even before he created the world, he knew, because he is before the Alpha and Omega, he knew what it was going to look like in this temporary and now. So he can say, for us who are in Christ, you are holy and blameless, because I see the beginning from the end. Like, that's crazy, isn't it? Because right now we're stuck in our temporary we're stuck in our sin and our failures and all these and what we think to me and he says i am eternal i know all things and so if i say you are holy and blameless i'm the eternal god i'm the eternal one i know who trusts but in me by faith who lived by faith who lived before or after the cross i know that and so he says we are holy and blameless in his sight I hope you feel a bit blessed. Let's keep going. It says this. And then it says in, in verse 5. In love. In love. Because the Bible story is all about love. In love. He predestined us. He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ. In accordance with his pleasure and will. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And Ephesians takes it even further and says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son for those who trust him to also become sons. For us to trust him to also become sons, to become children of God. Fariba shared in Galatians 3 and 3 the verse this week, not only we become children, sons of God, children of God, we become heirs. Like we become heirs to Christ. Like that's what his word says. That's crazy, isn't it? Like I'm, I'm like, my mind's on the temporary and God is saying like the eternal is you are 
heirs with Christ. That's what his eternal perspective is on us. And we will reign with him. And we will reign with him. And it says through Jesus Christ, in accordance, I don't know what your translation says, but mine says, in accordance to his pleasure and will. Pleasure and will. Check this okay out, okay? And maybe you need to close your eyes for this one, because I struggle with this. So you, meet, you might need to close your eyes to just take this in right now. Okay, check this out. If you are in Christ, if you have his spirit, so you are a tri- child of God, the fact that you are a child of God brings God pleasure. Like the fact that you are a child of God brings God pleasure. That's what it says. Like it's pleasure and his will. Like the fact that my mother and my father sometimes question if it's a, if it's a pleasure for me to be their son. But the, the, they're saying here that, that Jesus would say, I, the fact that I'm a child of God is God's, brings God pleasure. Imagine, don't we say, like we say, thank you, Jesus, for living for me. Thank you for coming for me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for raising again for me. Thank you for doing all of this for me. Like, I just give you everything. I bow to you. I, I confess that you are. Thank you for all of this. Imagine Jesus says, comes back to you and just says, almost like whispers, it was my pleasure. Like, it was my pleasure. Like, it pleasured me to go to the cross for you. That's, that's how much he loves me. Like, it was my pleasure. Like, you can be part of his pleasure and will. I think we're getting more, ble- we're getting more blessed in Christ. We understand it more. And then it says in verse 6, To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. Like God and ourselves as, as believers of Jesus, we want this for everyone, don't we? We want this for our, our family members, our neighbors, our, our colleagues. We want this for everyone. But this is for people whose trust is in the blood of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins. This is us saying, look, we need it. We just sang that song, Lord, I need you. Like, that's what we say, yeah, I need that. Like, when I take communion, my trust is in the blood and resurrection of Jesus, not myself. And and it says, God's grace is lavished on us. In, In the dictionary, lavish means bestow something in generous or extravagant quantities of. To bestow something in generous or extravagant quantities of it. Like, what comes to your mind when you think of the word lavish? Anyone? Someone? Cream? <laughs> yeah? Anyone else? Mine's close to that, actually. Mine is, mine is gravy. <laughs> uh, 
has anyone here been to Miller and Carter before for food? Yeah, a few people. So forgive me for the veggies out there, but has anyone had the beef dripping gravy? Has anyone had that? And if you're, if you're a questionable veggie, if you're not sure, or you go on a weekday, don't do it. It will break you. Like, you will, it'll, it'll have you. But we, we went there uh, not that long ago, me and Becky. Like, it was so good. Do you know you like, you're waiting around for no one to look? Like, I had to use, like, the little spoon to just, like, tip. It was so good. And just, to, just to enjoy it. And it was so good because it takes so long to produce. It takes so long to produce. And there's not much of it. And if you want more of it, you've got to pay. Like, it's expensive. And yet, this verse doesn't talk about gravy or cream, the temporary. This verse talks about God's grace that has been lavished on us. Like, lavished on us. Like, a gravy jug full of grace that doesn't run out. That's what this verse is talking about. Like, just it's been lavished on us. It's poured onto us. And I don't believe you, but on my temporary mindset, I forget about this. That's why I need his word to almost see. He knows the beginning to the end. And he said his grace has been lavished on me. Like, it's on me. It's there. He knows the beginning to the end. And verse 8 says, With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put in effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. He says that the, the mystery of his will, and now in our term group a lot of the times we've been talking about the mystery of that and the mystery of his word and, and working things out but if you read this for me this chapter makes me think of like Calvinism and predestination or Arminianism and free will and how that works out and um, I, I heard a quote saying this week um, you should live like an Arminian and sleep like a, a Calvinist so that's what, kind of what they say but um, saying that both fall short, both of these views fall short because they try to explain the unexplainable, man trying to explain the things of God. And there are some mysteries, isn't it? Even if you've been a Christian 60, 70, 80 years, there's still mysteries, isn't it, that our minds can't fully work out. That as we go into Scripture and we study Scripture, there's still mysteries, yet there are also mysteries that he has revealed that he has made clear, and Jesus Christ is one of them, as God who is outside of time, so before the creation of the world, entered time, entered into his creation to save mankind, and will come again to bring all things under his feet. All things under his feet. And so that's the mystery of that. He's revealed it. So much so that it, it, it came from a baby crying. It started all over. And the G Jesus Christ has split history in two. And so it's there for us, a mystery that has been revealed. And verse 11 says, In him we were also chosen, having been predestined 
according to the plan of him who works out everything in, conforma, in com, conformity with the purpose of his will. In order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. We might be there thinking, all right, and why, why have I been chosen? Why this person hasn't been chosen? Or why did I choose to follow Christ and this person hasn't follow Christ? Why do I have God's spirit and that person doesn't? Why am I in the, the family of God and that person isn't? And there's difficulty in that, but when we ask the question, why does he want me to be part of his family? He gives us the answer there. For you and me to be, to be the praise of his glory. He says to be the praise, not to say give, he says to be the praise of his glory. That's what he's called me and you to, to be the praise of his glory. He doesn't just want like rightful praise of his people or false praise of his people. He sees that, doesn't he? He sees if that's false or if that's fake. He wants me and you to be the praise of his glory, almost like a dad just being proud of his kid. Like a dad, like for me as a dad with four boys, there's just certain things like they do and I'm just proud to be their father. Like I'm proud to represent them. I'm proud to say, that's my boy because he did this or he said this on his own accord when no one was watching, when no one was forcing him to do it. There was something in his character or his heart without any prompting. And, and for me as their father, it, was, it brings me joy or I'm proud of them because I can see that. And they weren't doing it for a show. They weren't doing it to get attention, I, and, but it brings me joy. And that's what he's saying. He said, I want you to be the praise of his glory, of my glory, that we have the ability to bring God joy, to make him smile, to make his heart like rejoice like we have that ability and he doesn't uh, and, and, and verse 13 says and, and you also were included in christ when you heard the message of truth the gospel of your salvation when you believed you were marked in him with a seal the promised holy spirit who is a deposit checking this out verse 14 who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. A guaranteeing inheritance. We hear, many of us have heard the message, we've believed the message, and we were marked or filled with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. We were marked with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. Like guaranteeing our inheritance till we see God face to face. And some of us sometimes have difficulties, like, oh, am I filled with the Holy Spirit? Do I have God's Holy Spirit? Well, that didn't happen to me and that happened to that person. So have, have I got it? And, 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 and so just some, some helpful things. There's many more than this, but these are just some things to help us know that we've got the Holy Spirit. Because lots of people without the Holy Spirit can be kind, can be good, 
But here are some, some traits of the Holy Spirit that he gives to the, the believer, believers. So if you have the Holy Spirit, like you're trusted in Jesus, not yourself. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Like you're trusted in Jesus, not yourself. You acknowledge sin. You believe sin is real. And you need Jesus as your saviour. And the Holy Spirit does that. He convicts us of sin. He encourages us. But the Holy Spirit is in us, pointing us to Jesus, pointing us our need to Jesus and not ourselves. Uh, another one is you, you love his church. Not like free coffee or comfy seats or anything like that. Like you love his church. You want to serve his church. You want to serve one another. You want to love one another because you believe that you've been included in God's family and that this is his family. This is his family here on earth. If you have the Holy Spirit, you'll have a desire to share the gospel, to share the good news of Jesus because it's the only way people can be saved. You believe the Bible. The Holy Spirit comes from the word. He, he inspired the word and so the, the, he'll give you a love for his word. Also, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll have a supernatural ability, not like flying or anything like that, but you, you have a gift of, of mercy. You might have a gift of, of teaching. You might have a gift of prophecy that he has given you to, for the, the better of his church, to build up his body. He's given you a, a, a spirit, supernatural, a spiritual gift for his church. And, and also a massive one, if you've got the Holy Spirit, like you don't fear death. Like if you go to the Holy Spirit, you don't you don't fear death. You know this is temporary, and you know the other side is only good news. It's only good news because you're going to see Jesus, the one who's created all things. It's only good news, and so and so if you if you hear that and said, I actually I'm no to all of those, then. I would love to pray with you. I can't, we can't force it on you, but I would love to pray with you. Because these spiritual blessings that we're talking about today, these are for us whose trust is in Jesus. And we want that for you, but it took me 18 years to come to that point. And so we'd love to pray or talk more to you. But if, if your trust is in Jesus, these spiritual blessings aren't for you. Like, they aren't. They aren't kind of global, universal whether you believe in Allah, whether you're an atheist, it doesn't work like that. Like he paid for his blood on the cross to, to give us, be adopted into his family. So we can talk to you more about that. Or if you're like me, like you can say amen to some of those, but also you might think, man, I used to love to share the gospel, but actually I just don't, it's not a real heart thing right now. Right now I just, I'd rather avoid people Anyone feel like that sometimes? I do. And so what do I need to do then? I need to ask my brothers and sisters, please pray for me. Pray for the Holy Spirit to fill me afresh. Like to give me a fresh passion for his name, for his word, to share that. Like I believe it, but it's dwindling. We're like, will you pray for the Spirit to fill me afresh? And so if you'd like prayer for that after, like that's what we're here for now. We want to pray for one another and build one another up in that. And then, nearly to the end, in verse 15, 
It says, for this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. The greatest commandment, life's purpose, if you want to say, is to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. That's what Jesus said. He summed it up. Life's purpose, the greatest commandment, love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And what's close behind that? To love others as you love yourself. Or I think it's YWAM says to know God and to make him known. There's a little plug there for YWAM. Yeah, to know God and to make him known. That's, that's another one. But to, to love God and to love others. And many of Jesus' critics 2,000 years ago like, were extremely religious. Like these were religious people. They were extremely knowledgeable. A lot of them were extremely God-fearing as well. Like, so these guys knew this. If they thought they were doing the right thing, they, 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 were, in, they were in the Word. They, they thought they were the, the right ones. Yet, Jesus said they didn't know the Father. They didn't know the Father. And as Christians, we need to be really careful that we don't become the Pharisees. We need to be careful of that. We need to be careful that we don't become really religious or become really knowledgeable and forget it's about knowing God. It's about knowing Him better. That's what it's about. It says there, to know Him better so that you may know Him better. It's not about knowledge for knowledge's sake. It's not about religion for religion's sake. It's about knowing him better. It's about knowing Jesus better. And so that's why a five-year-old can do it and a 95-year-old can do it because it's about knowing him better, knowing God better. And verse 18 says this, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. And we sang this song last week, Open the Eyes of My Heart. Uh, so we're going to sing it again uh, today. I almost like a prayer. The, open the eyes, may your, the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope which he has called you for. Like, we want to know, not just look at this or look back. We want to know what's coming. We want to know the hope which he has called for, us for. The riches of in, his glorious inheritance in his holy people. And his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he, exhort, he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. Holy Spirit, may we know that power. The same power that conquered the grave lives in me. That's what it's saying. The same power that conquered the grave lives in us. Spurgeon said, many Christians do not realize the power of the Holy Spirit living in them. God wants resurrection life to be real in the life of the believer. He says the very same power which raised Christ 
is waiting to raise the drunkard from his drunkenness. The same power is is waiting to raise the thief from their dishonesty. The same power is waiting to raise the Pharisee from self-righteousness. And the same power is waiting to raise the Sadducee from their unbelief. The band are going to come up now and we're actually going to sing those two songs to open the eyes of my heart and the same power that conquered the grave lives in me. Uh, And we've been reading this morning of spiritual blessings for us all, for us all who are in Christ Jesus. And that's true. But they're only true because of Jesus, aren't they? None of us are saying, like, oh, this is true because I'm a good guy. This is true because I've worked 40 years and now I'm retired. This is true because I've always been kind or I've always paid my taxes. None of us are saying that, are we? We're saying this is true because of, of Jesus, because of the God who created everything, then stepped into time to give his life for us, and now he reigns on the other side till he makes all things new. And these final verses, it's almost like Paul just getting caught up in the heavenlies and he wants to just show off the risen saviour. Like he wants to show him off because it says this, that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above, of course it's far above, isn't it? We sometimes think it's Jesus in control, like he's over here, like far above any of this stuff, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, and this was 2,000 years ago, check this out, not only in the present age, back then, but also the one to come. But also the one to come. And God has placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. For the church, me and you, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Let me ask you a question again. Like, are you blessed? Like, are you blessed? Like, is this true for you? If you're in Christ, like, this is true for you. Like, this is true for you, and we are eternally blessed. And so our only response is not to just give him praise, which he delights in, but give him our lives so that we can be the praise of his glory. And so maybe as these guys sing, maybe you just want to pray, Lord Jesus, may I give you my life again. May I give you my life again. You know all things. May I give you my life again. May I live by grace and faith in your word, not by works. May, I, may this be true for me. Holy Spirit, I know you're in me. I know you love me, but I've walked away from you. I don't have that desire. Will you bring that back? Holy Spirit, will you bring that, that desire back in me? Or if you, if you don't know Jesus, then 
It, we want it to be good news, and Jesus wants it to be good news. That's why it's gospel. But this is, this can be for you, but right now it's not. And we'd love to pray for you, so that you, so these are true for you as well. We can help you follow the one who died for you. So let's just stand, and and almost these these, these songs. Let us make it a prayer. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. The same power that conquered the grave lives in me. There's power in me. The Holy Spirit wants to use me for his glory. So let's sing these in prayers to Jesus.